I'm Rosie. I'm Jessica. And you're listening to Rosie, Rosie and Jessica's, Jessica's Day, Day of Fun. Fun. Did you have to cover up my face again so that you could get through the intro? I did briefly just hold my notes in front of the screen so that I didn't laugh. But actually, the, the the reason I was more about to laugh is that we had literally just been talking about Taskmaster and I thought of Bob Mortimer saying, for the cheaper meats, to describe the, the, the motorised uh, vehicle he makes to encourage his children to eat sausages. I haven't even put this in our notes, but this is probably for the intro, as in what we've been up to, how we've been spending days of fun. Um, Jessica and I, uh, you've heard of Time Team Tea Time. We now do weekdays, Monday to Thursday. Oh, and excuse me, sorry, last year we had Due South Tea Time. Of course we did, um, but only Series 1, um, because the Sony channel stopped showing it. Which was a problem for them, because it really was at least 10% of the programmes in which they had the rights to. Anyway, we now do Taskmaster Tea Time, Monday to Thursday, at 4pm. And we've started from the beginning, because we just... It took us ages to finish Series 12. Yeah, I don't know why. We just just dragged along. And then, once we'd finished it, we were like, right, let's go. Snap to it. Series 1. Um, and we're now on Series 5, which is probably my favourite series. I think probably the best one. But what's great is that unlike RuPaul's Drag Race, where I know there's not going to be a series as good as the old ones, any series in Taskmaster could be as good. I mean, Series 12 was a banger. Series 12 was excellent. Uh, So it's not like, ah, the glory days of Series 5 and 7 are gone. No, no. The future's bright. The future's um, (laughs) Desiree just eating some salt as she... Oh, no, she's eating some sand sand. as she walks into a room. Just walk into a room, see a bucket of sand test the sand just in case it's not sand oh wait it's sand <laughs> no one asked her to do that that was not part of the task she just walked into the lab stuck her finger in a bucket of sand ate some of the sand taskmaster tea time has actually begun to influence how i schedule my shop because ideally i would like to be home to watch it um although we're doing pretty well i think now that we've now that i don't work wednesdays just giving myself an extra day off i think fair I do. I, I have my weekend, Sunday and Monday, then I go to work on Tuesday, then that's quite enough, and I don't have work on Wednesday. Anyway, the, th- the other thing I've written on my intro was that I had a terrible pain flare. So, it's going well. Good times. Um, I think it's over. D- did I use that time to like catch up on movies or TV shows? I did not. And after I sent you all those, all those lists. Oh, I, I you sent me that list, I did actually watch something from it for once. Oh, that's true. That's and true. I watched... Caitlin's Corner. I watched the first episode of Bless This Mess, which might become... What ideally I would have is in my lunch break, I would watch a 22-minute sitcom episode. Perfect timing. I'd I'd take a half-hour lunch break because I only work five-hour days. (laughs) So to have an hour's lunch break feels a little ridiculous. But I was like, if I, you know, get sandwiches already made because I take a packed lunch. So that 22 minutes got time either side to get my sandwiches and then the end to go to the loo and make a cup of tea perfect and then watch um uh you know a, a bless this mess a kim's convenience in the middle unfortunately um because i'm like the manager people sometimes need to like speak to me when previously i could just be like i'm on lunch now bye on my break um, I'm on me holidays. That man on tattoo fixes. The only episode of tattoo fix of what oh, she had. I'm on me holidays. Tattooed on his arm. Yeah. So so so. I mean, I've since since our birthday recording at the beginning of this month, 
I was like, right, March. I've finished all those projects. I've finished my unkillable antibiotic thing. Let's go, go, go. Um, and, and and then um, my hip went very wrong uh, because I am a thousand years old. I've been saying this about you for for years. I what? That I'm old. Yeah. This is just Fine. just because as a teenager, people used to ask you if you were doing your A levels, and they'd ask me what I did as a job, and I'd have to say stuff like, "I'm starting my GCSEs." Or I've never said that, and what actually has happened is that you've lied to me all these years. I've always said. I'm older, Rosie's taller. Turns out you might be older. I am still taller, though. That, Although... You are still taller. In our I degree. mean, and if they sort out my scoliosis, I might gain an extra inch and a half. You could do. <sighs> Unbelievable. What, my surprise scoliosis? No, I was, I was thinking of the fact that you might get taller. We should get that on a badge. I'm older, Rosie's taller. <laughs> uh, I really need an age badge at work. Uh, and somebody jokingly said, they sent me the bit from The Simpsons where it said, don't make me tap the sign again. Um, because people don't believe I'm... As a teenager, everyone assumed I was 30. Now that I'm in my 30s, everyone assumes I'm 24. And I understand that it's like, oh, isn't that nice because people think you're youthful? Not really. I got ID'd for buying a paint scraper the other day. Good grief. I mean, I'm sure... Have I told the story about me trying to buy Advocat on this podcast? I think I have. About the woman who kept saying, you look very young. And not just in, like, you look too young to be buying a bottle of Advocat, but like... (laughs) Like you'd somehow done it on purpose to... To wrong yeah, her. like I felt like she thought I was Mrs. Doubtfiring her and that I was secretly like an old person dressed as a young person, in which case I should be allowed to buy them Advocat. <laughs> anyway, does anyone want half a bottle of Advocat because I bought it as a bit, managed to successfully deploy the bit at three different Christmases, and now just have a bottle of custard vodka in a very small shared fridge? Oh god, it's got to be refrigerated. Yes, because it it separates. Oh, no. I think I might have to let go and let God. Also, great t-shirt. Yeah, so if anyone in the North London area would like half a bottle of slightly split Advocat. I think it's not split. I think it's just a little bit separated. Right, uh, like like when you need to stir peanut butter. Correct. It's not as bad as the Baileys I had to pour down the sink when I moved into our grandparents' house. Oh, chunky style. Oh, you, you know when you're just like, well... That has really um, been character building. I'm going to be able to call on this experience in a dire situation in the future. That was what it was like. Like when you put your soy milk in your coffee way too quickly, and then maybe you leave it on the side for a while. I drank half a cup of coffee that had off milk that had split in it. And I got half, I was like, oh, this milk's probably a bit old, put it in. Still drank half a cup before really, like my brain finally kicked in and said, this is off. You are allowed new coffee. Also, how have we not noticed it's off until halfway through? Also, there's yoghurt at the bottom of it. Are a goblin. Coffee should not be mottled. Get that on a badge. Coffee should not be mottled. I feel like we shouldn't um, try and make new merch until we sell off the remaining merch. So (laughs) put that on on hold till about 2048 when we might... um... Oh, no, it's... Yeah. Every so often I just think of something as a badge. Not just... Not not for, you know, podcast merch. Just generally. It's like, you know, when you... Maybe this is like my early early noughties brain. I was going to say, somebody needs a threadless account. Put that on a t-shirt. Coffee should somebody not be mottled. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that would be a bestseller, I'm going to be honest. Then why, I mean, God, 
what was like when people are talking about like oh my god naughty style coming back and i think well at least it's not or, or like y2k or twee coming back and i just say well thank god we're not doing like 2005 to 2008 because the slogan t-shirts i cannot even I with this i don't have any left why did i have a t-shirt that said pirates and ninjas agree cowboys suck oh my god something? i remember that t-shirt what does that mean was it sexual and I didn't know? I mean, did they did they, did they like have some sort of summit? Where, where was this conference? What was it like the general synod? I mean, and why? I mean, I'm really glad our father intervened before I got a picture of a, a t-shirt with a picture of a bar of soap saying "Work me on your butt." Although <laughs> I actually, in retrospect, prefer that, but I do think he made a good intervention to his seventeen-year-old daughter. I'd be like, maybe not the butt soap T-shirt, Rosie. I mean, like the Communist Party T-shirt, where it was like communist icons with like red cups, is hilarious. But the fact that I was like wandering around, being like, "Yeah, I'm seventeen. I'm working on who I am, and who I am is this T-shirt." Uh, I had one that said uh, it was uh, yellow. And it had uh, procrastinators, leaders of tomorrow, written on it, which that's genuinely good. I still though, think is good because it's funny, but also like it looks like the kind of shirt you'd get given at like a young, like a young UN model UN thing. Yeah, like, leaders it looks, of tomorrow. It looks like a real T-shirt. If I mean, it was a real T-shirt, but it looks like a T-shirt that it would exist outside of the confines of Threadless. Two thousand and six. Yeah, Threadless T-shirt. Holy moly. Anyway, also, like, I wasn't wearing women's t-shirts because I didn't like, they were all too short in those days, but I was clearly not buying men's t-shirts big enough for the fact that I had a lady's body. (laughs) So I was like, I don't know, I'll buy this on waist measurement, forgetting the fact that, unlike a man, I have um, breasticles. Because, because (laughs) sorry, I was trying not to be like, "Just, just Rosie, don't make it weird. Don't say boobs, and then I made it so much weirder. It so much weirder. Uh, yes, because unisex means male. Oh yeah, like when people are like these are gender neutral clothing, and we're like, no, that's just women in trousers. Uh, did you see the pictures of Oscar Isaac at the Moon Knight premiere? Somebody tried to no. describe him as wearing a kilt, and I'm like, that's a that's a skirt because it's uh, he looked amazing, and and then I found out that Oscar Isaac wearing skirts is Oscar Isaac wearing skirts dot dot com kind of thing. Amazing. Well, why am I so 12 years ago today? <laughs> we're talking Tumblr, we're talking Threadless, we're going to recommend Cake Rex, you know. I went on Cake Rex a, a few weeks ago. Do they still update still, it? To see if it was still there, yeah. I Obviously, I only went to look at Sunday Sweets, because I've, I, like, I kind of by this point, like, we get it. We get it. Happy birthday in blue, you know? Yeah. And underneath that... Yes. Uh, I mean, I mainly, I don't look at cake reps, but I do uh, subscribe via an RSS feed, again, very 12 years ago, to uh, Epbot, which is the person who was buying cake reps at her actual website, or her personal one, which is like nerdy, crafty, Disney adjacent. I I did go on uh, Go Fuck Yourself at the weekend, obviously, because I, well, obviously I'd see what everyone was wearing at the Oscars. I've still, I, I have been a bit behind on my Feedly, which is my Google Reader replacement, anyway, uh, and I've only just added all of the Oscar coverage to my Pocket app, so I will get to it. Oh, I don't know, in six years. Um, but yeah, that's kind of what I'm here for with the Oscars. My song this week is a, a song which I'm sure the kids would describe as a bop. <laughs> 
maybe. I don't know. What what decade are these kids from? <laughs> About 15 years ago. Okay. Uh, and it's Tell Your Girlfriend by Rebecca Levy. And it's very catchy. It turned up in a Spotify random, we thought you might like this list. Yeah. Earworm, it is for sure. That was a weird sentence. Um. Yeah, it's very, very, very upbeat. That is very good. It's very upbeat for a song about a woman who is telling off her ex-boyfriend, but it's very fun. Let's go into the main segment, which is a timely-ish review. I love a timely-ish review. Well, I feel like it's definitely a timely review. It's just that everything moves so... Life moves pretty fast, and if you don't make your film reviews immediately, you might just miss them. Uh, thanks, Ferris. Um, today, we are going to be discussing the Disney Pixar movie Turning Red. Woo! If you don't want spoilers for Turning Red, um, then you should go away and come back in a bit. Go and watch the film, come back in like one hour fifty or whatever. This is a podcast, it's not urgent. No, God, it's certainly Nothing not topical urgent. is going to happen. You have time. Um, so we're going to be talking about Turning Red, uh, which is a film set in 2002. So actually, this is all very topical. This whole thing has been incredibly topical. That's the, that's the first note I have about it. It's set in Toronto, Canada. Uh, and it's about uh, Maylin Lee, known as May, who um, can turn into a giant panda when she gets angry or emotional. Giant red panda, specifically. Giant red panda. It's like a metaphor for puberty. <laughs> it's really cute. It is. So I just feel like that shouldn't be the main thing, but I absolutely love the animation style. It, it felt slightly different. Like, there were these um, like very fast-moving kind of anime influenced i wish to say like suddenly the poses would change really fast and then um the facial uh, expressions like when something was really cute their eyes would get huge and they'd have like little sparkles in them sparkles i really like that uh like there's a bit where uh she's she's as a giant panda sees a a teenage boy and starts going like a wooga and like tapping her foot really fast and it was extremely funny and i just love that style and i liked that it didn't just look like pixar style like you know how all dreamworks movies look the same and it's gross yes and pixar is never that bad but it did feel like oh yes there is a director here who is not just influencing the fact that it is about um Chinese Canadians, but uh, also like her specific style of yes. animation. I don't know if I knew before I watched it that the director Domi Shi is behind Bao. Yes, I did know that going in. Yeah, which is the amazing Pixar short, um, which I believe won an Oscar. I, it did. It did. She was she was Oscar winning going into this. I mean, incredible to be like this is my first film. Don't worry, I'm literally an Oscar winner. <laughs> Like first first full length feature, so there was there was some really uh, stupid reviews about this film, being like, I don't understand who this is for. It's only for like the twelve people who were like teenage girls in Toronto who went to turn to red pandas. Whereas I argue that when things are super specific, that is actually when they become accessible because that's you then they become a fully rounded person. I mean, obviously, it helped that I also turned thirteen in two thousand and two. I found it deeply accessible despite the fact that i am not canadian nor have i ever turned into a giant red panda I, yes I, I i would agree with that obviously she uh the director was drawing on her experience um but the argument that like then oh this is only for people who had that experience is stupid yeah it also really kind of narrows the field of what what media you'd be able to consume 
Right. Oh, it's basically it was a guy being like, movies should star white men. Yeah, I mean, I, f- I figured that was that was probably going to turn out to be his angle. Yeah, I mean, I just think it's uh, really really fun, and um, I cannot believe that I watched a Pixar film in which there is a stack of menstrual products, and I was like, this is so exciting that people are doing new things. <laughs> yeah, I I uh, I agree with you about the like the stylistic choices. I found it really enjoyable to watch, um, and I believe I referenced at the time uh, what immediately drew me in was you'd already seen it and I started watching it and literally the first line is it's 2002 and I text you say wait this is 2002 I'm on board yeah uh she's sort of explaining via her explaining uh breaking the fourth wall to talk about her life I wish she's the first Pixar character to do that by the way oh to break Um, the fourth wall oh yeah I guess she is so she's kind of getting everyone up to speed on her life and it doesn't continue on like that but then there is voiceover later on um but uh as soon as she did the incredibly uh aggressive flute solo <laughs> i was like i'm 100 percent here for this <laughs> she's like intercutting explaining things about about her life and like her, you know her just her day-to-day activities and stuff whilst also doing a really frantic flute solo with her foot up on a chair in the middle of band and everyone is just watching her i uh would like to discuss her friends. I I open the floor to friendship. Four town means friendship. It sure does. Four town means seatbelts. Uh, they are amazing. And Abby is um, <laughs> she's like if little Mai were at a middle school in two thousand and two in in Toronto. Um, and she's like she she's the first one who's like, oh my god, you're so cute with the panda. And um, but also like you first you see her is that she is angrily yelling at someone in Korean, but she's very like she's she's kind of the smallest and she's got these pink dungarees. I love her so much. Yeah, she was she was great fun. She was just just so intense with the furious eyebrows. The friends uh, are, and they're really uh, like well drawn. Like they're all really individual without being like this is the skater one and this is like the nerd. They're not they're not archetypes. They are like just specific characters. Um so there, there's a big thing in the film about um like she's being torn between being an obedient daughter and being uh herself as a teenager. So she um brushes off going to karaoke with her friends because she has to go and help her mum run the temple the family temple and she goes to help clean. But she obviously has like a really lovely relationship with her mum. Like her mum is strict but not in any way like at that point like domineering like they have what they're cleaning but it's like a fun game and they're like yeah. they obviously do loads of fun stuff around the house with each other and have a really cute close relationship and I really like that because I think lo- it would be really easy to be like oh you gotta go and like listen to your mum and your mum's like really awful and strict and like mean and instead the, the bit where you first see her like go home and see interact with her family you're like oh this is really cute like they have loads of like in jokes and yeah she's she doesn't go out with her friends but she's clearly not sad that she has to be at home instead there's no kind of wistful looking out of the window like oh what am i missing she goes home she puts a lame badge on and she's got like all her like stuff to do and she's interacting with all the tourists and stuff and yeah i want to hug a giant red panda so much yeah i think i quite like to be a red panda when she's brushing her face with a hairbrush oh, i thought oh, that looks really nice Maybe I should brush my face with hairbrushes. I don't think it would be the same thing if you weren't like a big squishy furry red panda. 
I I saw not like the twist, but like I knew we were going to meet the rest of her family's red pandas. Yeah. And then I was a little bit worried that it was going to turn into like all Marvel movies where the third act is just like and now destruction. <laughs> um but it was still like very grounded and like with all this, the the singing and the chanting that they did at the stadium instead when they moved the ceremony to bottle the red panda energy um that it wasn't just suddenly like oh now it's going to be like about rampaging as opposed to yeah, we destroyed the- all of downtown toronto <laughs> and never mentioned again but it but it is they like they there is a small amount of random property damage but it was also addressed in the mm. epilogue the um they they've got like a cut the mum is coloring in a uh, like a a handmade like a ha- a homemade tally uh what are those things called it's not jumbotrons are they something no. something eater they have the one blue peter when the um, yeah anyway you know the thing where you're doing you're raising money for something and you have to and you color in the little thermometer thingy and and it's got but like it and then it and she she colors it in it looks like they're doing pretty well and then it scrolls all the way up to the top and it's got like four million dollars written on it <laughs> uh but so i like the fact they they addressed the fact that they had broken a massive chunk out of like the 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 premier uh sports and uh <laughs> events music arena, arena. No, I have, uh, this, this leaves me on sort of two issues. One, when her dad is like, oh, your mum's panda is pretty big, and you realise that she, she hurt her mum, and that um, uh, May's grandma has a scar on her face, and you're yeah. like, oh no, like, and it was obviously an accident. But then when you see Ming's panda, you're like, how did she give that tiny scar? She should have taken the head off that one. <laughs> like, that's her accidentally giving her a paper cut, and they're like, she's pretty big. And, and I just like, I mean, I get it, but I think she was too big. This was my problem, because I was like, what happened the first time she turns into a red panda? Did they have to take her outside? Because otherwise she would have exploded the house, <laughs> is my feeling on the matter. I think, yeah, I think maybe this bit is the way where you don't you don't, don't unpack it. No, I need my film where they, <laughs> where they all can turn into red pandas to be desperately realistic. Um, the other thing that I have a problem with is the lyric... Um, but they don't turn my tummy like you makes me want to be sick. <laughs> yeah, that was that was not the lyric writing. That wasn't great. I know it's like it's very accurate because, you know, some of it's written by um, Phineas Eilish, who is yes. Billy's brother. And he is one of and four he is one of uh, four town. Um, and so I, I get like it's very of whom there are five. Doesn't, I love it. It doesn't make any damn sense. But ironically, there are now only four of five. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, that that like it, it works on that kind of like middle uh, middle school like it's not like overtly sexual. It's a bit like oh you turn my tummy, but it, it's gross. It's gross, and it's a sound that comes up on TikTok a lot. And I have to skip the videos because I don't like the first three lyrics of that verse. But the phrase you don't turn my tummy, I'm like Ugh! yeah, it does make it sound like food poisoning or just. But also it's just like... like too literal tummy. I can't yeah. do it. I hate the yeah. word tummy. That is a thing I've learned as an adult. Can't do it. Tum-tum. And yet, I got really into tum tum. Yeah, so, so it's like a, it's like me saying fingies, and now uh, there are multiple things that I started as a joke, and I can't not. <laughs> you do. accidentally now do unironically. Oh, absolutely. Up to and including listening to the Archers for two years. <laughs> uh, uh, I like that. There's no villain. Yes. There are there's there's a minor antagonist who eventually becomes their friend when they realise that actually 
they're not so different. I I enjoy the Tyler, the kid at school, who's who's a, yeah. bit, a bit. He kind of winds them up a bit and uh, and isn't isn't very nice. And he is kind of the leader of making fun of me, but it kind of you know, and it sort of kind of comes to realize that oh, he's he's insecure as well, whatever. And then when they're at the um, when they're at the concert. They all manage to get to the concert and they see Tyler there by himself. And he, his initial response is to pretend that he's not there. Or <laughs> like, what? No, I wasn't. I was. It's like he's in the. Like, there's no. There's no way to get around the fact that he is clearly <laughs> he's in the middle of this arena holding loads of four four town merch. And his response is, "What? No, I'm. I didn't do anything." And uh, with there's no question, Miriam is immediately like, "Yeah, you're our friend now." I love the shot when suddenly four town are on stage and all five of the kids they like all go big anime eyes and they're like just like they kind of gloop together as like this gang and Tyler's just like in there and I'm like. Yes, that is. Yeah, because it wasn't. It wasn't quite as far as the oh, bullies are just misunderstood. Therefore, all, all bullies just need to be talked like. to. No, sometimes bullies are just mean. But it was like ah, we have common ground because yeah. there have been hint, hints of him wanting to sort of join in and not quite being there throughout the film. Yeah, and not not quite wanting to lose face, and then they're just like absorbed. They just kind of glomp him into their gang. The main un- the main sort of brief antagonist then of course is Ming's giant red panda, but again yeah. it was not it's not because she's a villain it's a villainous in the way that when you're thirteen and you disagree with your parents they're the worst person in the world. I um, but they're not. Uh, this makes me think of the pop culture happy hour review of Encanto where they're talking about whether like they're not being villains and it's interesting because Stephen Thompson who is Gen X. It's like, yeah, you know, you always used to have the villains and they would you kill them by them falling from a great height. And then and there are a couple of, I guess, millennials, possibly Gen Zs, also reviewing it. They're like, yeah, but there's never a villain in a Disney film anymore. And they were kind of dismissive of that. And what I liked was it wasn't, like, I, I watched a YouTube video about how they've had all these, like, weird villain twists recently that kind of don't necessarily work or had become almost predictable. And I liked that actually rather than that, they just... Okay, Abuela kind of is a straight-up villain, the more I think about it. But it's like, she's not like, I'm going to control the world with my dark magic. She's yeah, it wasn't like, an old-school one where she want, it was for power or control. Or yeah, riches. it was for generational trauma, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I sort of wish that um, the family had kept their pandas at the end, but like that's because I like everything to be like wrapped up and like, oh no, we've actually worked out, it's great. Um, and yeah. like the the aunties who are hysterical, like I get that they they don't when when they roll in with their sunglasses oh my on. God, the aunties and grandma oh are amazing. Uh, I saw somebody mention something about like, oh, what if there was an Encanto TV show and you saw them like around the town? Um, and to be honest, I would love to have a Turning Red <laughs> TV yeah. show because it would actually just be like the babysitter's club, but one of them can turn into a panda. Like, it doesn't... Yeah. The stuff about the panda doesn't really need to be <laughs> integral. It would just be like, middle graders having adventures, also one's a panda. <laughs> but only sometimes. <laughs> what a cool theme tune that would be. <laughs> um, so I really enjoyed it, and I would happily, I, like, not just, oh, I could watch this film again, like, I could go and watch this film again today. Yeah. I uh, I'd like to ago. talk briefly about about Four Town and the, of the, course. the the media and the the fandoms that the girls embrace yes uh, in their in their lives because my initial response as soon as the film finished I text you to say and we've touched on this earlier I text mm-hmm. you to say 
uh, Fortown means friendship in an obvious reference to du jour. Du jour means seatbelts. Du jour means seatbelts. Du jour means crash positions. But actually, uh, Fort- I try and say O Town, who are a real band. They're not a real band. <laughs> They're not a real band. Um, who, uh, Fort Town. So, whereas du jour are a, a group made by adults for adults and older teens to sort of enjoy, du, uh, du jour are great fun. We like du jour. But there's a joke there. Yeah. And it's like, it's not mean, but it's. Like, this like, is what those bands are like, am I right? Yeah. But whereas uh, whereas Four Town like come from the opposite direction and they're very well observed and they are done from a place of like just pure love. Yes, and like the the bit where she's they're talking about the three that they really like and then she's like and these two are also here and I'm like that is what people are like. Yes, that is accurate. Um, And like they all you know the the concert they all appear and like there's like the the one with the, the blonde curtains and the just like they've got all the merch again kind of in a Jason the Pussycats way but it's not a bad thing it's like I love this thing and I want to be so so involved in it that I've got like the dealy boppers and the poster and the t-shirt and the yeah all that jazz and, then, and the like, white the angel wings and <laughs> so it's done for a place of like we love this this thing so much and that's a good thing yeah and like we're making fun of it because we know it like inside out and we love it yeah so while there there is a there is a joke the joke is not the and it is funny, but it's that's not the propelling thing. Yeah, I don't think I had that with a like boy band or like a, a pop group. I think, um, well, because like my first concert was Travis, like we didn't go to any of those like S Club Seven Stadium tour type things. Because I know yeah. loads of people who are like, I have to take my child to go and see Daphne and so you know, like terrible situations oh, God, that they yeah, went through. Whereas like. I started going to gigs and then I was like, I'd like to see Franz Ferdinand a million times, please. Um, so I think, I, and I, it, despite, you know, even without the idea of going to see a concert, I I mean, I like, I really like Death Club 7, but that's more like elementary school <laughs> than yeah. middle school, you know, like, I don't but Then think... you go, you go all the way through out the other side of Death Club 7 and now if they come on Spotify, I'm like, crank it up. Bangers. Bring it all back to you two. Yeah, but I don't quite think I had that, like, age 13 like first like oh I kind of have a crush and I don't like when she doesn't understand it also okay the the idiotic discourse where somebody was like this doesn't make any damn sense what kind of teenage like 13 year old girl is doing like weird mermaid pictures of boys and everyone on twitter was like okay so this is my fan fiction where like I was in Lord of the Rings and Frodo and Aragorn were in love with me and I, and I just could not believe that people were daring to post their deep dark secrets i was like i will be taking my teenage <laughs> transfiction to the grave my friend but yeah i was like oh no teenage girls are like weird little freaks <laughs> they're the best yeah i think i think it was angelina Meehan had uh, had tweeted something she tweeted a bit of her of her fanfic that she written. i can't remember what the fandom was she was like but the pictures are between me and my god <laughs> yeah i mean it was like Oh, haunting. <laughs> but yeah. So all in all, I think it's it's certainly an enthusiastic two thumbs up from this side of the podcast. And from this side. It's an enthusiastic four thumbs up. Hooray! Maybe I just make a giant panda costume for myself. Not like in a fairy way, just in like a Totoro Baymax kind yeah. of way. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's. I knew there was something I wanted to say about Four Town and I couldn't quite remember it when I, I should have written it down. But I thought of it the other day and then I forgot mm-hmm. about it. So the the when they're singing when they're doing the the ceremony 
and they have to they do the chant that goes with it and you have to sing and it doesn't matter what you sing you just have to sing from the heart <laughs> and then they need so well. they need all the because they've got like multiple red pandas one of whom is the size of godzilla is a is a is a sailor on shore leave crashing through <laughs> through through downtown manhattan uh uh, they need they need like all the you know all the people to sing together. The best way to spread good cheer is singing loud to, for all to hear. Well, exactly. But who can sing more from the heart than a boy band and their fans? I know, and the and the fact that like the song and the ch- and the traditional chant like beautifully fit yeah, together. Yeah, like meshes together really well. So, and uh, there's a making of documentary on Disney Plus. I'll say this for Disney Plus: their corporate synergy means that like they're like you like that. Have a 45 minute thing about how it was made. Like I think every episode Thank you. of the I Man- will. Like, every episode of the Mandalorian is in pretend- series one, but potentially series two, they do like. One episode come out about the costumes. One up, and anyway, um, but they have a list of all of like the the potential titles on the board, and one of them is My Neighbor Toronto. That's <laughs> <laughs> like, oh my god! Right. Um, so I'm going to do my song now. Crazy. What's your song? Well, also um, on a uh, Disney uh, released movie about generational trauma, my song is Surface Pressure from Encanto. Oh, I maintain goodness. if that had been nominated, uh, Lynn would be an EGOT by now. Although he couldn't be at the ceremony because his wife has COVID. But, you know, um, but uh, uh, it's a banger. We watched Encanto and uh, I was like, that sounds really good. And then this, the, we finished the film. We were watching it separately, and I was like, "Can you put that song on on YouTube?" <laughs> and then I watched it like twice more, and then I went, "Oh no, I love this song so much." <laughs> um, it's a manga. I think it's the best song. Um, I think we don't talk about Bruno is really catchy, but I think Service Pressure is like super great. Song. And uh, there are a few really fun lines where you're like, you can hear Lin Manuel Miranda going. Um, with Hercules, I felt like you yeah, I don't want to fight Cerberus, <laughs> like <laughs> your little nasal rapping man. Um, yeah, so I, I think it's a banger. And uh, why did they not release Louisa dolls individually? Why do I have to buy a deluxe set? This, these are the questions. <sighs> girls don't like princesses. Girls like really strong girls who are dealing with their feelings. <laughs> um, do we have some snacks? Oh my god, I forgot we do this section. Yes, actually, yeah, we do. Yeah, the che- the she she's she's and onion kettle chips. She's in her apron. Um, mine are uh, milk chocolate truffles because my friend and her mum came to the shop on Saturday and then they popped out and her mum returned with a box of chocolate truffles for me because she said she hadn't seen me in forever and it was the best. Um, well, that sounds delightful. Um, and there's like a little box, and then they're all in little paper wrapped like cups in the box, and it makes me feel like Miss Trunchbull in a good way. Yeah. I love. I mean, I don't want to be Miss Trunchbull, but I love the idea of you have a big box of chocolates, and every night you have one of your chocolates. Oh, I did that for a while, and I just remember that during during lockdown when I was doing really like um precision grocery shopping um i would get a bag of uh, uh peppermint cream chocolate peppermint creams and i would say so they're all individually wrapped in green cellophane mm-hmm. and i would put them in my mini my nice mini mouse candy mm-hmm. dish mm-hmm. and i would eat one every night in um early lockdown uh our dad was going through the drinks cabinet and discovered we had insane amounts of port so we drank a lot of port and they said to you at the weekend we weren't going to get coronavirus but we were probably going to get gout Needle and fed. fed. Needle and fed. I have two, two finished objects. Neither of them is the Ripple Afghan. Let's just move on from that. 
that's that's like an ongoing yeah but also the beauty about a crochet afghan blanket is it's like you don't have a big needle holding a hundred live stitches you oh yeah the other day i just yeah, you could just put a put a, a, a stitch holder or even just a, a small safety pin in the end. In yeah. fact, if you finished a row, because I changed colour, I could actually finish that row yeah. and have it finished and then a bit later do a bit more. Um, anyway, moving on. Uh, I have finished a jumper. Mm-hmm, I don't mm-hmm. have the pattern in front of me, so I can't remember who wrote it. Uh, the It's called Basic Raglan Jumper by Hohi Locatelli from Madeline Tosh. Hohi Locatelli. Uh, thank you. I remember... Madeline Tosh, but then I knew that that wasn't the actual designer. Anyway, uh, yeah, I've done it in multiple colours. It looks like a 90s fleece, but knitted. I like it. I think it's good. I am also knitting one of those. This is the um, jumper that I teach my jumper class with. It's the pattern. And I am coming to the end of my sixth run of this course. And I am the furthest ahead I have ever been. The last one, I had barely knitted any of the body when we picked up for the sleeves. I am going to go to my sleeve class on Saturday with the body and one sleeve finished. <laughs> so that I will be showing them sleeve number two that should get finished then a couple of days later. Woohoo! And then I'm going to go and finish the previous one that's like, I took the needles out of so it's unraveling <laughs> Uh, I also finished the Summer Secret Crop by Jessie May Designs mm-hmm. in the watermelon yarn that you got me for Christmas. Yes. Father Christmas provides sock yarn to everybody, but uh, Jessica doesn't wear wool, so I found some. Uh, he found some excellent cotton-based sock yeah, yarn. Thank you, thank you. And, uh, and you were very excited on Sunday to discover that it was stretchy. Yeah, my sock yarn's not not stretchy, it's just blended, but because I guess it's cotton rather than they can't really spin the fibres together that way. Yeah, so there's like a stretchy a stretchy bit in the middle. Um anyway, knit was an absolute dream to knit it up knit up. Only took a few days. Now I've got a nice little top. And I've also got half a ball of yarn left, so I guess I might have two. Yeah. I think I've picked my next pattern. But I'll save that for next time. Because I can't remember what it's called. I did this huge freelance project that I I could only knit on that for about six weeks. And um, I am now uh, super excited about finishing loads of my projects and, like, not having every corner of my room with a little project bag stashed in it. Mm -hmm. Um, Also to reclaim a couple of the drawers in my storage because I currently don't have, like, quite enough space to put my clean towels and my clean bed sheets in (laughs) one drawer, but all the other ones taken up with knitting. I see, I see. What have we seen this week? What have we seen this week? Oi! Mine is entirely YouTube because that's my life now. That's um, fine. I'd like to recommend to you a channel called called Cooking Tree. Cooking Tree, noted. Cooking Tree is a very beautiful baking channel where there is no music, no voiceover, and you only ever see the baker's hands. Um, it's kind of ASMR-y. But the main joy is the fact that, um, you know, you'll have the shot of the pot on a little portable hob or, um, you know, a, a bowl with a whisk. And it's always been observed by a Sylvanian family. <laughs> a member of the what <laughs> Sylvanian family. I that by a, by a Sylvanian? Yeah, by a Sylvanian, a calico critter. You know, that's useful. Yeah, a member by, of the Sylvanian a... family. It makes it sound like... Um, Flipping mafia or something. Oh my god! Excuse me, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to make a joke about being in the Slovenian family mafia. 
one of the one of the old firms. <laughs> it's just a frog in a in a pinstripe t- suit. <laughs> yes, I I watched some of this the other day. I enjoyed it. I also have uh, also been really enjoying a channel. Um, it's by Monica Kim. She is uh, a booktuber, but also um, like very pastel aesthetic. Um, she lives in New York. She wears a lot of selkie dresses. I watched a whole video this weekend about how she sets up an app to track all her reading and all the books she owns. Um, and she's just a great. She's just hosted the Korea Dathon because she's of Korean descent and loves to read. I mean, isn't it great? <laughs> I love a portmanteau. Yeah, and uh, it, she has YouTube and. Uh, and she'll just be like, so I went off to build a bear to get the, um, uh, like, which Animal Crossing cuddly toy to get, and she comes out with, like, a big cuddly Tom Nook, and it's great. Delightful. Moving on from, from BookTube, I have a podcast recommendation called Books Unbound. Uh, it's hosted by two girls from Canada, Ariel and Raylene, and they talk about what books they've been reading, and it is delightful. Uh, I'm catching up. I started, it's it started not long before the pandemic. <laughs> So I've I've I'm catching up with it. I'm working my way through from the beginning. I got my podcasts down under a thousand unlistened to podcasts, and then this has got like wow. I don't want to talk about it, but I but I am like I've I've ended up kind of stuck at that point, and like it's crept up a little bit. So I'm I'm working on on cracking through. I think I now have uh, like I'd listen to a lot of the shorter ones. Yes, I do that. It's going to be okay. I go for the uh, the snowball method of debt repayment and line up all the line them up in in length order. In the of the, I kind of go through and go, what should I listen to now? So I like pick out all the like seventeen minutes, eighteen and a half minutes, nineteen and a bit, twenty, twenty. So and then I get them in order because then you can just get rid of those because those files go. Um, I also yeah I uh, read the Woman's Weekly from Christmas twenty twenty. I'm not oh caught up. I pulled those out specially. Oh, God. But I also read a book because I have worked out that I will read if I am reading on my iPad, either using Libby or Kindle, and it's propped up on my bed tray and I can knit at the same time. Ah, I see. Interesting. So, unfortunately, I do own a lot of physical books that that will not work with, but... Yeah, I, I'm not a fan of an e-reader, so I, I read physical books. But because I'm doing a reading challenge this year... I want to read 50 books by the end of the year. Um, I have started going to the library again. Obviously, I went to the library a lot a long time ago. But mm. um, I've started going to the library again. And I have the library app, uh, which means that it's a lot easier to uh, track, keep track of what books I have when everything needs to be returned. Yes. You can renew things on the app, so I don't need to find my card and type my number into the website. It takes ages. I just open the app. And go oh they need to be go back to tomorrow I'll renew them now oh I have one more recommendation for YouTube which I don't think we've done before although now I'm thinking maybe we have because it's been out for a while but it's Morgan Donner's 500 Years of Hair Styles video on YouTube and it's it's a phenomenal use of the medium I feel like to explain it too much would be to give away the it feels weird to just think there there are spoilers in a what is basically a a, a Documentary is not quite the right word, but in an uh, an, an informative video about hair. But just go watch it. The planning that must have gone into it. It's very, very good. good. 
that you know how many spreadsheets that must have taken. Holy oh, moly. Okay, so it is time for Taskmaster Tea Time. TM, TM. We'll be back, you know, eventually. Yeah. <laughs> Jessica, would you like Sorry. to start the outro? <laughs> Bye, Rosie. Bye, Jessica. You've been listening to Rosie, Rosie and Jessica's, Jessica's Day, Day of Fun. fun. fun Bye. Fun, fun, fun. There are over 100 episodes of Rosie and Jessica's Day of Fun and you can hear them all in the podcatcher of your choice or at rosieandjessica.co.uk where you can also find show notes with links to everything we've discussed in this episode. We're on social media. Find us at facebook.com forward slash Rosie and Jessica, on Instagram at Oh My Greyhounds, and on Twitter at The Day of Fun Show. You can also email us on hello at rosieandjessica.co.uk. To support Rosie and Jessica's Day of Fun, become a monthly subscriber via our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Rosie and Jessica, or kit yourself out in Rosie and Jessica t-shirts and tote bags from shop.spreadshirt.co.uk forward slash ohmygreyhounds. Enjoyed the show? Please rate and review us. We'll be back in a fortnight. Thanks for listening.